Although I've seen some scripts, I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome to another episode of the In the Mouth of Darkness Chatcast. I am your host, Brad Gullickson, the Mouth Dork, and it's just me today, guys. Lisa, she's around. She's around, but she couldn't make it to this intro and outro, and she will be joining uh, us later in the episode when she's talking to our guests because we're going back to Fantastic Fest. This is actually the first interview that we did while we were in Austin. Um, And, uh, you know, we got thrown right into the deep end because Lisa and I are such geeks for this crew. Um, We watched VFW at a press screening early in the morning. And often with those press screenings, you have a bit of a, like, what's a nice word? A a stuffy crowd, Uh, you know, a too cool for school crowd. And the reactions uh, to a lot of those films are often very muted. But with VFW, there was no way for that crowd to remain quiet. And uh, from the jump of that movie, which is now available on VOD, which is why we are bringing you this conversation now, uh, you'll see, like, right when that title card hits, it hits with a bloody bang. And from that point forward, the crowd was cheering, clapping, laughing. And again, this is a P&I crowd, something you do not hear too often with these audiences, but they could not contain themselves. And I was right there among them, and so was Lisa. VFW is... Uh, what you could call a throwback. I mean, it's certainly reminiscent of John Carpenter movies. You you know, of course, I immediately jumped to Assault and Precinct 13, which is one of my favorite films. Uh, But as you'll hear in this conversation, the original influences are maybe not as obvious as you think, although that Steve Moore score is certainly trying to do a John Carpenter score, and it is delicious. So, yes, we got thrown in the deep end. The first part of this conversation is with co-stars William Sadler and Martin Cove. Um, You know, uh, it's hard to contain my excitement. You know, we're talking about uh, the bad guy from Die Hard 2, the bad guy from Karate Kid, uh, Death himself. Like, this is is just geek nirvana. Uh, And then the back half of the conversation is with director Joe Bigos and star Stephen Lang, which, again, like, Stephen Lang, The Hard Way, one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Yeah, he's in Avatar as well, but The Hard Way, whoa. Uh, So it is, uh, what's that word I like to use? Surreal to stare into the steely glare of Stephen Lang and realize that uh, it's not a television, uh, it's a person, and he's talking to you, Brad. You got to contain yourself. But thank goodness I had Lisa there by my side uh, so that she could uh, maintain some sense of decorum uh, in this conversation. Uh, So I I think that's really all the setup uh, that you need. Uh, If you haven't watched VFW, we don't really spoil anything. Uh, But at the same time, you really should check it out. It's available now. It's playing in select theaters on the 20th in our area. It's playing at the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester, Virginia as part of Psycho Cinema. Shout out to Faye. I'm definitely going to be there for that screening because this is a kind of movie that really is enhanced by a theatrical uh, crowd. So yeah, check out VFW. It's a bunch of 
old, tough bastards versus a bunch of gnarly, disgusting, drug-idled drones. Drug-idled? Drug-idled, I think is the proper term, Brad. Get it right. Uh, so there you have it. Let's jump into this conversation, and I'll meet you back on the other side. And the, oh, oh, and the way that this conversation works is I just left the recorder on so that you're going to hear us go from uh, Martin and William, and we're going to walk across the hall. We're, we're in the highball up in the karaoke rooms. We start off in the video game room with Super Mario Brothers, and then we walk across the hall to the Inferno room, which Tim Robbins really enjoyed. And then we talk to Stephen Lang and Joe Bigos there. So you're going to hear that little bit of awkward transition. I may edit it a little bit uh, to speed things along. But there you have it, uh, recorded with my iPhone. Everyone loves my iPhone recordings. And uh, yeah, so let's get to it, and I'll meet you on the other side. Hi, Bill. We met briefly. I was on the Grudge set visit uh, up in no. Manitoba. Up in, in, uh, no. Where the heck were we? Just black as Winnipeg. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. is your name, Brad? Brad. And this is Lisa. Hi, nice to meet you. How do you do, Martin. Bill Sandler? How are you? Michael? So it's $5,000 for both of us. Oh, oh. gosh. Well, so we'll scrape it together. <laughs> oh, God, I cash. I don't know if you guys have paid up for it or not, but... Uh, we accept American Express. So, man, was that as much fun to uh, to, to play as it, as it looked like to watch? Have you seen it? We watched it this morning at the P&I screening. We it's had a total blast. Really? Loved it. Loved it. No Do you BS. love all your horror movies? I mean, was this something special for you? We wouldn't be here if we did not super love genre film. I mean, yeah, we're big genre fans, but... So... When I hear what you know, what the movie's gonna be, yeah. it's like oh, it's like John Carpenter, like a like a stew of that, and I'm like okay, well that <laughs> that sounds good to me. Uh-huh. And then you know we're big fans of everybody involved, uh, and it really like lives up lives up to the film. And, and I think it's, to the hype, to, to the, the hype. Yeah, well, because you go in for the romp of it, like getting the team together, and now there's the siege, you know, and right. we want it to be bloody. We want to see flying punk parts. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, like, uh, because we love you guys as performers so much, we want the film to live up to the cast. Right. And like, as much as I like, like Assault in Precinct 13 and Night of the Living Dead, the, the reason you love those movies is because of the concepts of those movies. And then we take a cast, like what we have here, and we put them into a scenario like that. Right. And it makes it even like more special. Yeah. Um, well, your question was: Was it as much fun yeah. to do as it looked like it was? Yeah. I think so. It was. We had we had, we had a blast. I think there was a lot of there was an awful lot of giggling um, on, the, um, on the set. Um, I had worked especially for your birthday. Yes, <laughs> my birthday happened during the during the filming. Um, I had worked with I'd worked with DPK. I had worked with uh, uh, Steve Lang. Um, and I and I had worked with you. We did a mm-hmm. Martian hard times on planet Earth. Planet Earth together. Yeah. Um, years before, but it was a no. It was a it was a blast. It was very fast. You yeah, know? it was like an eighteen day shoot. Yeah, I don't think I've ever shot anything quite that quickly, but but you still had enough time to establish or stir up old camaraderie and. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard not to. These, you know, with these guys, it's like uh, we had such a fun time. Was, we, we were, by the end, by the end of it, we were like, oh, you know, we didn't want to leave, and yeah. we just text each other every couple of weeks. 
Yeah, we still, and we still do, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. I don't talk to anybody I've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I know, like, yeah, it was really good. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you when I'm gone. Right. But uh, Steve Lang and, and Marty and I are... There was just, first of all, for me, to work with guys with a New York background, mm-hmm. a whole stage background, yeah. you know, I'm basically on the West Coast, and here, you know, I come out of New York, that's theater you know, thing, and, and they all had it. You know, David had it, and and and, and slang, and, and Bill. And it was all, and it's a much more adventurous experience working with actors like that than when you do a movie. If someone doesn't have a theatrical background and doesn't have improvisational skills, and let's fuck around here, let's fuck around there, let's do this, yeah. then you don't get what we got. Particularly with the beginning of this film, though, because it all takes place in this, like, the bar, mm-hmm. right? It, it does have a strong stage play feel. Yeah. Just trading monologues and witticisms and... Most of it was improv at the bar. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a, yeah, really, we, that we, was a tremendous amount of improv. Wow. These guys improvise with slang constantly. I come in a little later. They constantly, because they live at the bar. My character's got a bigger ego, lives in his used car lot, and doesn't come as often as he should right. with his pals, you know? But, but it was like, the, I remember the, the uh, I know what you mean when you say it sounded, it felt like a, a, a stage play, which I, I hope that's, I, in a, I good hope that's way. a good way. Yeah. Um, because that, oh, that 11 page monologue that my character does, <laughs> right. Right. it is 11 pages, I think we counted it, but it happened, they did it in the, after 13 hours of filming on the first day of shooting. Hmm. So it was like at the end of the longest day uh, on the set, you know, the very first day of filming, they said, are you ready to do that? You know, that thing. Well, well, you did it great. You did it great. You were paced up and down, and you, you used everybody at the bar. You're not going to get that with unskilled actors. That was, mm-hmm. And that's what was so much fun, because if you threw a wrench in something, all of us, of all of us had the background to throw it back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, no, that's why but that was, what, but that was really what was fun about it too. Was it was sort of like you know, you didn't matter who at the bar you looked at, it was getting, you know, there was energy coming back at you, um, and it's and it just got more as we went along, as the situation got more and more serious, um, the the playing off one another became more and more intense, you know. Like friends who friends who are in trouble can talk to each other, in a. In well, a, Brad and my family, we both come from families who are our grandfathers are both VFWs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are our parents. Well, yeah. my parents. Yeah. We're the only military. We're the only oh, non-military. Non-military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this movie, we really do get a sense of how. how how men turn out differently after the war, how there are characters like Walter who become these raconteurs and they're ready to share their stories. And then there are characters like Fred, who is a little bit more withdrawn. Right. And then there is your character, Lou, Lou yeah. who is who has really made a life for himself past the military. He's a salesman and he's a really proud salesman. How, how was it like to create that character? It wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to oh. say. I wasn't there. I just said, uh, I, I'll do this, because I love the fact, I love the cast they got and all that. I said, I'll do it, but this guy's got to be a fucking hero. 
Yeah. I said, oh, well, I'm not interested. I don't need this, you know? And sure enough, I made notes. Then I said, I don't care when I go out. I want to go out in a hail of bullets. Yes. I want to do a wild bunch death. And, um, you know, I was so happy and they cast him. And, I, I, you know, I'm dying to see it, see if it really came out as good as it felt. But the bottom line was he wasn't. And he wasn't effective in the story. And I said, I'd like to be more effective. And I'd like to be one of the three guys and join him and Slang out there in Vietnam where the three of us got together. Right. And all that took was an extra writing and Lou or and, you know, yeah. that's all it took. But it did a lot for me and for the, for the whole, for the ambiance of it all because I became one of the, with them, with the right. two of them. Right. And um, I liked their story so much. I said, put me in their story. You want to be. Or I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. And they did. And we did. I, I think that the element of your character going like, well, I do like seeing the value of negotiation, where Fred was very much more like, let's hold our ground. You, you going out there and saying, well, maybe I can make headway with the skills that I've gotten since coming out of that experience, since coming out of Vietnam. Yeah, I think it's, you know, this year on Cobra Kai, you're going to see a lot more of why John Kreese, and it has to do with Vietnam, mm-hmm. why he is the way he is. Lou, it's the same thing with Lou. I think, you know, he probably got a little hook that he could sell things as a kid. And with these guys, we had girls, we had well, all the backstory we create in our head about Vietnam. You know, we did a lot of crazy things together, three of us. And that's what I liked, even though it was just a backstory and it was in my head. I wanted to be part of that trio. I wanted to be one of the three musketeers in this horror movie, you know, and then I would have com- be comfortable doing it. Because it was never a choice of not having fun with these guys because I really, well, I had just seen him a week before I came in The Highwayman. Uh-huh. And it was my favorite scene of the whole movie, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, wow. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to work together next week I said to myself because I have a big screening room and I watched the, the highwayman on the screening room and mm-hmm. you were terrific <laughs> thank you thank you well, when is it um, you know with such a limited schedule and with so little on the page and you guys have to like improv and come up with a character and your backgrounds what like what is it like to have to form a bond so quickly amongst yourselves in such a short period of time I thought I thought that was like the easiest part mm-hmm. was forming the bonds because we're all the characters are confronting this threat from outside, but the actors are also in in a trench fighting for their lives. We're like <laughs> trying to trying to remember lines, trying to you know figure out what's the blah because the way because the way Joe works so fast. It's like well, what do you mean? <laughs> He thinks we move as fast as the camera. But we all had yeah. to like, uh, I mean, we were we had to make things up mm-hmm. as you go along, um, because just because of the way Joe shoots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's, there's very little gets blocked out in mm-hmm. precisely. You just go where you want to go, do what you do what you want to do with the scene, and I'll follow you. And, and uh, <laughs> whereas, like, you know, there are directors who. We re- will rehearse it. They'll set marks. You hit the marks. The count. You know, if you don't, you're not in focus. And blah blah blah. And Joe is just like it's just like a a free for all. In the midst of which you've got to keep track of 
all, all the relationships and what you're doing as actors mm-hmm. um, without the, without that structure sure. from the outside. So so that part of that camaraderie was I, I always felt like we were we were in the trenches together um, of making the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean, a we lot. dressed in the same trailer. <laughs> Oh, that, so that'll, that'll do it. That'll, that'll, that'll bring do it every time. <laughs> we, and we had a good time in the same trailer. We shared a trailer. We had a good time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, it, I think if it was an egomaniac or a, a drunkard, or there was one of the, of the three or four of us that wasn't comfortable being with each other, we couldn't have played on the set. Mm-hmm. There was no way to, to no. there was no way to play. I mean, we went out, we had a good time. It was his birthday the first couple of days we were there. We had cigars, we went to a cigar lounge, we had steak, we had food. <laughs> but it all gelled. There was no ego maniacs there. So we could draw yeah. from the reality into the love that we had to have on that set. I, I feel like that really translated really to, like to the audience. It seemed like you could fun. tell you could tell we were having fun yeah. Yeah, with each and, other. Yes, yeah. And yeah. but that, that's a that's a lot of trust you have to give to Joe. And you know you got you haven't even seen the movie yet. Have you seen the movie yet? No. So like that that that, that could be really an, an anxious experience. So if we don't like it. <laughs> we're gonna come and see you. Yes, you're gonna. We like don't it. like it. But <laughs> I know it's the strangest thing talking about it because we talked about the filming of it, but right. I, but I don't know. You don't know the end product? No, no, I hear it's good. So I've seen a lot of your movies, <laughs> and, and of course I haven't seen probably every one of your movies, but I don't think I've seen a movie quite like this that you guys have played in, where it is this riot of a film. You know, like when it goes off, it, it doesn't stop. And, I mean, it's very splattery. Yeah, how was it engaging <laughs> with the practical effects? <laughs> and all of the blood and all of the... A lot of blood, man. How yeah. was that? <clears throat> I mean, how was it for you? You got bloody. You were bloody longer than I, anybody. I had that stupid saw, that uh, big um, cement saw, <laughs> concrete saw, but that the, the weighed 95 pounds or something. It was the heaviest thing I've ever tried to carry around. And uh, they had a hose attached to the front end of it to spray blood all over the place. Um, yeah. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of Yeah, I was... But but again, it was shot so fast. Mm-hmm. There was no t- there was no time to work out, you know, in any detail. How are you going to do this and how are we going to do that? It was like, um, it was like we were given a sketch, mm-hmm. and your job is to fill in all the colors and the, you know, as best you can. Yeah, that's right. I never thought about that. Kind of, you had to right. fill in a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. So you, my character is a hockey lover. He has the hockey stick. And it, oh yes! I know this much about hockey, uh-huh. and I, I like hockey. I've been to one game, but I don't know the stars. I don't know the nuances. I don't know what I know about football. What I know about baseball. You know what I know about movie stars. You know, you do McQueen. You do. There are nuances. I had nothing to draw from. Nothing. I had no knowledge of hockey. So, you know, you had to like just go for it in certain places and. Then, if you couldn't get to that place about the sport or whatever the line was about, you'd play off the actor. Mm-hmm. And because we were so free playing off each other, and because everybody could throw the ball and the other guy could catch it. That's what and it And then, is. bam, you throw the ball back and the other guy catches it again. And these guys, four of us, you know, could catch real well. 
and it would throw real well. So I think, you know, it's just it was just a lot of fun. That's where the that's I think the where a lot of the camaraderie occurred too, because you didn't know how these scenes were going to go. Was it shot in sequence? No, it wasn't. Oh God, I don't think. Well, well, yeah, it was shot in sequence. Was it? Was, yeah, he tried to keep it in sequence. Oh, because we destroyed the yeah. the yeah. VFW post that we were in. So. And my son played one of those crazies. You know, he oh. he comes in and slang takes the axe to him. You know, he comes in as one of those. Um, but um, yeah, I guess it was shot in sequence. Yeah, it was because shot we destroyed the place <laughs> little by little by little, day after day. We demolished this bar. And does it feel like like for us? It's like well, this is like a. a a gorier version of the Dirty Dozen. Like it's all these actors we love. Here's our Dirty Dozen. Uh, it's incredibly stylish. Like, is this the kind of movie that you you want to see? Like, is is this something that you you're really into? We were just talking about that. Is this what we're? We, I mean, we don't do that much horror. Yeah. Right. I, like I said, I haven't seen something like this from you guys. I did. My last house on the left. Yeah. Okay? And that was Wes Craven's first movie in 1972. It was yeah. my second film. Mm. And I remember giving it to my, the brother of my girlfriend I lived with. His name was David Hess. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the music and he played Krug. Yeah. A real mm -hmm. crazy guy. And I gave him that part because I didn't want to play it because I thought, this is 1972. I, they offered me that role. And I passed on I just took a comedy sheriff. I've never been, I mean... I've never been a horror, you know, I, I like the, I like witchcraft. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I like things, you know, the mysteries. Supernatural. The that, yeah. Supernatural deals. Night of the Living Dead, I loved the early one, the first one. Mm -hmm. And it was so good, I thought it was a documentary, I remember. And then, but some of these others seem to be very repetitive. You've got to get, like a Western, you've got to get so creative these days to be really good in the horror genre. Because mm -hmm. everybody's throwing out shit for $100,000 and you're putting it in a DVD. So in order to get memorable, I think you got to get creative like you would with anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because the competition it's is... It's not so enough high. to just have a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. and... well, I did, I've only done a couple. I did Demon Knight. I'm trying to think of... Yeah, Demon Knight's uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, but, but even The Grudge is different than the this. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, I don't really like to be frightened when I go to the movies. I get scared, <laughs> so I don't like. I don't. It's not the kind of movie that I generally go out and buy tickets for and go and see. But I appreciate that people do. Well, I think you know? when you watch this film, you're gonna enjoy it, and you're gonna enjoy the crowd response at the very least. Do you remember the the, the movies I do remember that scare the shit out of me? Mm -hmm. The original with Vincent, a lot of those Vincent yeah, Price were. Yeah, we love those. Oh, Last House on the Left, not Last House on the Left, I mean House on Haunted Hill, yeah. Yeah. The Tingler. Yeah. Do you remember The Tingler? <laughs> Watched on my, uh, my last birthday. Yeah, I, I remember those two movies, and certainly Cycle, but those two movies in my are the earliest memories I have of being really frightened in a movie theater. And it wasn't unhealthy at that time. Now kids laugh when they go to the theater and they see hor horrific stuff. I don't get a sense that they're really frightened. I get a sense that they're laughing with the horror. Right, and, and um, I think that uh, VFW is not really, it's not a, a suspense horror, like some of the movies you just mentioned. Right. It is, way, it, like, to me, it's an action film. 
It's just an extra bloody action movie. Yeah, and character based. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you fit it. And it has enough character. Oh, yeah. Uh, I to, mean, to give the audience somebody to root for. Yes. To, yes. to give some. Because that I find. I mean, I, I, I think that's really important because otherwise you don't. If you don't have. If there's not somebody up there that you care about. And they're characters that. Um, that we know those people. For 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 Walter, we know that guy. We know Lou. We know yeah. Lou. Like we know these people. Cool. Well, we're getting the signal, so we gotta go. Okay. But thank you so much for chatting with us and I hate like to be said, a nerd, but this was a thrill. <laughs> very well. Thank it was you. Really nice meeting yeah, you. Nice meeting you. We'll see you later tonight. We're gonna watch it again. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. You guys will do a switchover? Alrighty. Doing well, doing well. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today. Really appreciate it. Um, we saw the movie this morning. We went to the P&I screening. Oh, so we uh, watched it in the theater. We watched it in the theater. Well, we were we, we got a link, and they were just like, you should really watch this on the big screen. Yeah, so, I was being very adamant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did, because it plays really, really well. Even with that press crowd, we had people applauding and, ah. and getting into the film, which is rare for really? a P&I screening. Really? Oh, cool. Well, tonight should be fucking wild. Then. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, it was just a, this was like a, a blitz of a, a film shoot. You know, you were you were coming off of Bliss, and then you just go right into this movie. Um, I mean, how did you make this happen? Uh, it's just, I mean, I tried really. I mean, you're always trying to make movies. It's just the way that everything kind of fell into place. And uh, I got brought onto VFW based on my first two movies by Dallas, he's like, I'm, we're gonna do this whole slate, we're gonna do this and that, I was like, all right, well, I need to go make a movie, I wrote this really tiny one and I just got financing for it. I'm gonna go shoot it, if you, if VFW comes together, I'll put it on the side and I'll go cut it later. So I'm racing through Bliss because I know that, you know, apparently this one could happen at any time, and then just as we finished the edit on Bliss, he's like, all right, we got the one, we're gonna start casting. So I was just working on them back to back and I was able to, me and Josh, my producer partner, were able to get Bliss close enough where then I went to Texas, started on VFW, and I was remotely doing the final part of Bliss. And then when we were shooting VFW, I flew to Tribeca to premiere Bliss, flew back and finished VFW, which we were just talking, we wrapped like three and a half months ago. And now it's premiering here, so we've got a fucking whirlwind. Um, but I mean, like, as awesome as it was, you know, I wish that that could continue to happen, but I don't know if that situation of just doing two pieces of work, like, and also they're really different. Like, if you look at the movies, it's like, oh, this is the same director, but one of them is an action, an action exploitation mm -hmm. siege movie, and one of them is like an art horror movie shot on 16mm. So it's, it's weird to have both of those coming up at the same time and like, especially talking about like both movies at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and showing them both at Cassie Fest. I know when you were casting, getting Steven was like on the top of your list. So how did you lure him in? And then what attracted you to take the role? Um, I was just hammering the producers to, they were like, he'll never do it, he'll never do it. I'm like, well, you fucking offer it to him and see what he says. Let him turn it down first. Right. And then here we are. So thankfully they listened to me. And then so, from that point on, once you have somebody like Steven on, like, it's so much easier to get really fucking awesome characters because right. everybody's going to want to orbit around a good actor. Where if you don't, you get some, you know, guy who's a name but not a good actor who's going to, like, you know, maybe sell you some DVDs, then you're going to get a lesser supporting cast. But, like, when you get a cast, that everybody's really fucking good and like they're always, you know, they just all work together and it becomes something where like it's just this big acclimation machine and like everybody's feeding off each other and bouncing off of each other and it's uh, it's fucking awesome. So getting that amazing lead to orbit everybody around is the uh, key to the success of the chemistry of the movie and the, the rest of the cast too. So, so what attracted you to take the role? Well, I had a call, first of all, from my son uh, Noah and Noah is a 
producer, very successful producer, and they had called Noah uh, about me, I guess Dallas had, and, uh, and Noah said, oh, well, let me read it. And Noah read it, because he got, and he called me and he said, Pops, you, you should look at this, because I think you're gonna like this. And, uh, and so I, I, I'll always take, you know, I do what he says, <laughs> whatever possible, you know? And, uh, and, and I read it, and I did like it. I liked the concept. First of all, when he was describing it to me, I said, well, it sounds like uh, one of my favorite movies, one of my top three or four movies. It sounds like The Wild Bunch. Yeah. And, and he laughed, and he said, that's funny you say that, because the log line is, The Wild Bunch meets Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. And I said, send it to me. It sounds, that sounds good enough. And I read it, and uh, I thought, yeah, we can... I can do I can do a lot with this, and um, it struck me that the first of all the the thrust of it was terrific. Some of the dialogue was not terrific, but that didn't matter to me because I really felt there was going to be opportunities, and I'm I'm glad I was right to kind of uh, to massage it and to do things with it. And Joe does create an atmosphere where that can happen. So my kind of my idea was this is clearly a genre picture. But there's some other stuff going on in here, just by, by nature of the fact that it deals with veterans, I think, uh, is important. And um, by God, we're going to, if it's a B movie, by the time we're done with this, this is going to be a B plus movie. <laughs> and the other thing I'd say about it was, I've been working on Avatar now for years. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of coming in and doing a 20-day shoot with practical effects mm -hmm. was like like a huge breath of fresh air for me, just for the just for variety's mm -hmm. sake, you mm -hmm. know. And so, uh, and and uh, my my colleagues over at Avatar are always very accommodating because they understand the massive time commitment that's involved with them. And so whenever there's an opportunity to do something, if they're given the proper amount of notice, they'll carve out the time for me to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's how it all uh, came about. And then as, as they, we talked about casting, and I'd make a suggestion or, or whatever, and as the cast came together, uh, I just got more and more juiced by it because every one of these actors are guys who I admire and uh, a lot of times uh, I don't get to work with a Billy Sadler because we'd probably be up for the same role. Right, right, right. You know? mm -hmm. so that's, yeah. you, you know, watching the movie, you know, clearly you can see uh, like DNA of other films in this film. And like, you know, I'm thinking Night of the Living Dead, I'm thinking uh, Assault and Precinct 13. But it's that wild bunch element that's added to that. It's that cast that you have assembled for this film, which really separates it out from something like like no disrespect to the casts of Night of the Living Dead or, or, or Assault and Precinct 13, but suddenly you, you really have like this character drama that's happening in the Siege film, and it's the camaraderie that you guys have assembled that really makes you care for what's happening in the genre elements of the film. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a theatrical experience. Well, you put your, your, hand, your finger on when you say you care. Yeah. You know, and... That's the whole key. There are a lot of a lot of genre films are made for fun and for effect and 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 you know for the screens and everything like that. Not necessarily for caring, but I think from right away I could feel that there was you need to make people really kind of love these guys. 
and you know, it being a VFW and veterans, we both come from military families. Uh, you know, there's there each one. Lisa was saying to uh, Bill and, and and Martin, like each each member is representative of a different type of veteran, like how the war has changed everybody in a, in a slightly different way. And you have your character has sort of withdrawn in, into himself and into the home that his bar has become. Like, how do you like? Where did you find that character? Obviously, some of it's on the script. It sounds like you found some of it once you were cast. Like, where, where does Fred come from? Well, I think Fred kind of, uh, he deals with things by not dealing with them. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, you compartmentalize, you create walls. He is not what I would call a, uh, a deeply troubled, be it non-vet, but, but, but all that means is that he's so deeply troubled that he doesn't know it. You know, he's, he's just really uh, walled enough. He's, you know, look, he's, uh, uh, his, he's, a, he's a lonely man whose solace is in this place with these comrades of his. He's sort of made a life uh, work for himself by not feeling mm -hmm. too much, by kind of anesthetizing himself to life, and you do it through, you know, keeping yourself kind of lubricated. You know, that's an interesting thing about this, this film, is that on the one hand, you've got these hyped up, sort of drugged out, uh, uh, you know, mutants, and, 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 and on the other thing, you've got this kind of booze-ridden booze group of guys, so it's kind, of, it's kind of the boozers against the druggies, you know, on some level, you know, and of course the boozers win. <laughs> well, talking to Martin and Bill and yourself, like, they made the set sound like it was like summer camp it, and um, there was a lot of room to play and room to improvise. How did it feel to you as the director kind of guiding and corralling this powerful cast? Uh, I mean, it was awesome. It was one of the best experience. It was the best experience of the whole movie is being able to, you know, I very specifically wanted all these guys because I fucking love their work and love what they do. So like having, you know, these guys on there and it's a closed off set. So it's basically me with the camera and the actors and we're trying to like rework, not rework the scene, but, you know, find a better, more naturalistic way to approach the scene and have the outcome and just have them play with it. So like it was fucking, I mean, it was mind blowing just working amongst everybody and trying to figure out a solution that way and seeing how they work and seeing what works for them and just like learning like how certain actors work with things and like it, it was it was fucking awesome uh, and it was <laughs> great to watch and uh, I think the results like of doing something like that where you make it a collaborative effort you're on the floor this is what filmmaking is about we're all here for the common goal we all trust each other because we're here let's figure it out and let's work together and every time we were able to work together with no ego nobody had any ego nobody had like you know there was never any divas on set and like it was literally always we're working to find the best fucking conclusion the best the best way to present the scene and we're all working together and uh we always found something that was elevated to what we came into it doing which i think is awesome also with the speed involved in a way there, there there's no time for for diplomacy as it were and these guys are such old pros that a shorthand kind of comes immediately so you know i feel very comfortable saying to to, to Billy Shadda uh, uh, saying like, Billy, do you think you could just shut up there for a second? <laughs> you, think, you know, just shut the fuck up for a minute. Let me do this and then fucking do that. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, or, uh, and, and so that was, and, and that being accepted with absolute perfect sort of grace and like understanding, you know? So we didn't have to handle each other or coddle each other in any way. So there was a lot of laughter 
on a set and uh, a lot of jostling and pushing and shoving. And, and Joe was sort of, he was kind of right there in the middle of everything, sprayed with blood <laughs> and sort of just, and clearly having the time of his life, you know, when things were rolling. So, I don't know, it's, it, it sounds silly maybe, but it's a question of energy. Mm -hmm. And the energy in the room was good. Yeah. Philosophically, you know, you're coming off of bliss and into this, what did you want to achieve with your Siege movie? Um, I just, you know, I really wanted to make something where you enjoy hanging out with other characters. Because with most Siege movies, like you were talking about, like Wild Bunch sticks out because it's like a group of guys who are all the same age and like have common things in common. Where usually Siege movies, all these different people thrown in as like, you know, different ages, like they, none of them know each other. So it's like hard to have that, they're all just screaming at each other and trying mm -hmm. to figure something out. But like having a group of people where it's a hangout movie and it almost like, now that I have the movie cut and you know, it's a really short, like 85 minute movie. It's like, fuck, we could have had 15 more minutes of just like the guys hanging out talking. I wish we could have, you know, done that. Um, so like, it was, it was cool to do that. And I wanted to come in and you know, I've never worked with an ensemble before, uh, especially an ensemble of like fucking amazing actors. So I just wanted to come in and I wanted to make something that was a really fun movie to hang out that just immediately started escalating the shit at the fan. It was a fucking ride. You cared about all the characters, and it stuck out amongst all of the other action horror movies being made right now. It's like something that was kind of singular, especially in this time. Sure. And you have Fangoria, you know, it's a Fangoria production, and you live up to, you know, the magazine covers of Fangoria. Well, this is such an early Fangoria production, too. You know, the first one just came out after we shot. Right. So to me, I almost had an opportunity to in a way, set the tone of like, this is what a Fangoria movie right. should fucking be. <laughs> you know? That's great. That's great. Yeah. So I was like, I had that, and I was like, all right, I'm going to make the fucking, this is going to be the one that's going to be like, all right, this is the one that put Fangoria on the map. Yeah. And they're going to need to hire me again. <laughs> well, it, you sold it on the Fangoria side of it. Um, now, you know, going back to your son saying, hey, you, you want to do this movie. You've now done the movie. Like, did it? Did it track with what your anticipation was? And, you know, like, at this point, is this what you thought you were getting into when you first signed on? Huh. Well, I would say that being here at Fantastic Fest is, is so appropriate and so, so perfect mm -hmm. for it. The turnaround on this is just so wonderful to me to have made, because I can actually still remember what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember the name of my character. You know? uh, uh, so so I, I just love the timing of the entire thing. But uh, I, yeah, look, there are films over the years that I've made where I may have been reluctant to go out and beat the drum mm -hmm. about it for one reason or another, because things didn't pan out the way it should have, or, or I did it, maybe I did it, not for, maybe I did it just for the money or something like that. Mm -hmm. But but this one, um, no, my commitment to it, plus I'm a, an executive producer on, mm -hmm. on this film, so I feel a certain responsibility to the film on a whole nother level mm -hmm. as well. But this is a film that I find very, very easy mm -hmm. uh, to support, be, because I, I genuinely like what we've done. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I read the description, I see the cast, I go, I really want this to be this thing, and you did it. Oh, good. We came out uh, extremely energized. Wonderful. So, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Yes. All right, let's go. Oh, we must. We'll see you guys later tonight. Indeed. Okay. Have a great day. And there you go. How rad was that? 
I am still pinching myself over that conversation. Absolutely adored it. I love at the end there where Stephen Lang is talking about the camaraderie that they had and the trust that they had within that camaraderie and how he could just say to Billy Sadler, yo, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do something here. And that Billy Sadler knew not to be offended. (laughs) Man, what I wouldn't have done to have been on the set of VFW, I bet that was an absolute blast. Uh, Again, if you have not watched it, it's now playing on demand. It's going to be at the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester, Virginia on the 20th as part of Psycho Cinema. Go attend that if you're in the DMV area. You do not want to miss it. But that's going to do it for us with the Fantastic Fest conversations for a little while. I think we have one more left for you whenever Justin Benson and Aaron Warhead's Synchronic comes out. We will have that chat ready to go. But next week, we are going to return to our regularly scheduled program once a week, every Wednesday. Uh, We will have Rodman Flender on the show uh, this coming Wednesday. I went out to the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester to talk to him about his new zombie comedy, Brains. uh, No, sorry. uh, Eat Brains Love, uh, a play on Eat, Pray, Love. (laughs) Puns are great. But we also talk a lot about his documentary, um, Conan O'Brien Can't Stop, which I absolutely adore. We even get a little Leprechaun 2 talk in there, some idle hands. Um, It's a fun conversation. Uh, And again, I got to say thank you to Andy Geyerson uh, from the Alamo for setting that up. I really appreciate it because I had a great time talking to Rodman. And then the week after that, we're going to return to, well, not we're going to return. We're going to kick off our Sundance conversations. Uh, we're going to start with Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, the directors of The Way, Way Back and the new uh, Force Majeure remake, Downhill, starring Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. Lisa and I really enjoyed that movie. It's now playing. Uh, I would recommend it. Don't get hung up on the fact that it's a remake. It's a different kind of thing. It goes for a little bit more of a broader comedy uh, angle. And the camera is much more alive in Downhill than it ever was in Force Majeure. And there is a rack focus at the middle of this movie in that fight between Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell that I really appreciated. So go check that out. Meet us in two weeks for that conversation. And then we're going to have a whole slew of Sundance 2020 chats for you. Um, but until then, let's go uh, follow Lisa. She's on Instagram and Twitter and Letterbox at Sidewalk Siren. Follow Darren Smith at The Disco Dork. Follow Billy Das, the indie dork, at WB Das. Follow Brian Young at The Turtle Dork. And of course, I am Brad Gullickson at Mouth Dork on all social medias. And until next time, guys, take care. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams 